0: Good morning and welcome to High Point Church. Uh, It's great to be here with you online today. My name is Andy, I'm the lead pastor here at High Point. And as always, it is great to be worshiping with you online. We're gonna start off with a little, I don't know if I would call this a game, but maybe feel a little bit like it. I wanna know if you can guess what movie this is from. Right? I'm gonna drop a quote for you right now and you can either just guess to yourself, or if you have, if you wanna go so far as to drop it in the chat, you can do that as well. Here we go, all right? You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. One of the greatest movies of all time. What is it from? In three, two, one. That is from the movie, A Few Good Men, okay? And it is an electric court scene, all right? And the the whole movie ultimately is about honor. But it's this misaligned, kind of twisted, jacked up view of honor. And the movie, it's riveting, right? I think I said it was electric. It's a a great kind of courtroom drama. But the reality is, uh, many of us have a, a misaligned, misunderstood, Uh, view of honor. Or we have so little shaping as it pertains to honor that that we, we don't really know even what it is. So here's what we're talking about today. Surprise. We're talking about what it means to give honor where honor is due. The word honor literally means to esteem as highly valuable. Meaning like... If you're going to honor something, you're, you're choosing to declare that this particular thing has value. And I will tell you, in over 20 years of ministry, very few things have the ability to change the dynamic of a relationship more quickly uh, and more permanently than when one party or both parties choose to honor each other. Think about what happens when children honor their parents and live that way. Think about when parents are honoring of their children. And yes, it's not just a one-way street. Honoring a coach, honoring a pastor, honoring your peers, your friends. What about when a husband honors his wife and a wife honors her husband? Do you think that when you are literally saying to that person, that I value you by my words and by my actions. Whether you actually say in that moment, I I honor you, it's not gonna happen like that, but your words and actions, they, they, they connote a sense of honor. And when you do that, do you think it changes the dynamic of your relationship? Yes, it does. How we honor one another matters. Honoring others, it motivates. Oh, when you feel honored, it moves you. It it motivates you. It inspires you. It builds you up. What else does it do? It energizes you. Oh, honor, a healthy measure of honor. It does all of those things. And that's why honoring each other matters. Now, disclaimer, little footnote, asterisk. This is the kind of message, if you, if you don't hear the foundation for it, you can take this message and you could hear it in a motivational speech somewhere, and it would never be tied to Jesus, the church, or the gospel. And I want you to understand that ultimately, the basis for why we value people at all is because God values people. And he put his image, when you read Genesis and all of creation, there's only one piece of creation, one part of creation that bears God's image. And that is you and me and humanity. And because God's image is imprinted in the very spiritual DNA of every human being, well, therefore, every human being has value and is worthy of Honor—that That is the bedrock by which we are motivated and moved to honor each other. It's got to be said. Otherwise, this could just feel like a little bit of pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, you know, a little motivational speech. And that's not what we're after. We are after transformation, but rooted in eyes and ears and a life that are, are moved By Christ in the gospel, that we would see the way he sees, that we would hear the way he hears, that we would act and live the way he acted and lived. Hope that makes sense. We're in a series called Upon This Rock, and what I just mentioned is very true. We're trying to be the church that God's called us to be. We're trying to do the things that God has called us to do. You and me and whoever's watching in the church that meets in person, that we would be the church that God's called us to be. And so we've talked about everything from what the church is. The church is a place where people belong. And so we create environments of belonging for those on the outside being drawn in. Uh, the church should be a place where you experience care and where you are offering care to others. Right? We should be caring of one another. We should be serving one another in sacrifice, laying down our lives for the needs of another. That marks the church. Uh, we should be sharing our faith moved by reverence and awe of how amazing God is, we should be talking about this God that we love and serve. This marks the church. This is who we are. This is who we are becoming. This is what we do. We gather, by the, by the way. Literally just gathering together for worship. That marks us. Well, you know what else marks the church and should mark the church? is a culture of honor. When people walk away from time with you, do they feel valued? In other words, are you an honoring person? Does this come easily to you? Is it difficult for you to honor others? Many times we don't we don't struggle with with honoring accomplishments. And and that's why like athletes and celebrities and this award shows, like we get that kind of honor and honoring from a distance. But what about the people that God has actually put in your life? Do you honor them? Do they feel honored? What's interesting as we transition into the Bible this morning is that for many of us, Honor, you know, the the pendulum swings far to the left or far to the right, but honor looks like something that we hold out on giving unless that person kind of meets the requirements that we, we, we kind of have set in our minds that is worthy of honor. Right. And so uh, honor is tremendously tied to accomplishments and you doing particular things. And yet when we read the Bible, more often than not, we see honor tied less to accomplishment and far more to placement and even position. In other words, do you honor the people that God has placed and positioned in your life? Not whether or not they've met your requirements for honor, but simply the people that God has placed and put in your life. For instance, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, what is it that God says? He says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. If there's ever a spot where we can struggle and I have regular conversations with folks, it's on what does it mean for me to honor my mom and dad? It's one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and your mother. Now, you'll notice the Bible doesn't say honor your father and mother if they're good parents. It does not say that. Now, listen, honor your father and mother for being good parents. But at the end of the day, even if they're not the greatest parents, you're called to honor them by virtue of the placement that God has made of them in your life. They are your mother and they are your father and you have no other. God divinely saw that these people should be your mother and your father. And sometimes that is hard to wrestle with because some of you that are watching have grown up with a mother or father that wasn't the best mother or father. And yet still we see the scriptures time and time again calling us to honor our fathers, and our mothers. And so that gets us to the very first place. We're going to have three things that we honor today. And the first one is parents. The second one is pastors. And the third one is peers. Now the pastor one, technically is leaders, but I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't use alliteration, right? So we're sticking with pastor for the second point. Right. And I'm actually hitting points today. Normally, I like to stay in one text and drive a story through. But today we're going to we're going to move through a couple of different places in the Bible. And one of the things, if we can create a culture in our church and as the church where we honor one another, I'm telling you, it changes the atmosphere. It changes our community even. And it begins first and foremost by us being the kind of people that honor our parents. Yes, that may sound silly. Like, how does that, how does that change? If you can honor your mother and father, it changes even the way that you honor your heavenly father. This is about the placement and the divine positioning that God has put of people in your life. Will you and can you do that? I remember with my own dad, right? Uh, I had a great relationship with my dad and he died at 51. Uh, so he died young. But, you know, we, we had the kind of relationship where we joked and we just, you know, we, we, we had fun. Okay. And... <laughs> like many young boys growing up with their dad, you're learning boundaries, right? And you're, you're learning how things work, how this relationship operates. And, you know, I took liberty uh, on one such occasion with my dad and I called him a name in you know as we were joking and it's the kind of thing I can't even remember the exact name it was but it's the kind of joking that you would do like with your buddy that's at the house right and just your chum and it was sarcastic and it was cutting but maybe a little too much so and I remember the 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 shifting in this moment my dad he wasn't angry wasn't mad Right, but I, I took some liberty that was too far. And he, you know, he pulled me aside and he said, son, you know, we, we do have a friendship, don't we? As your father and as the son. And the answer is yes. You know, I love playing with my dad. Love playing catch with my dad. And love playing, you know, games and being silly and all the things. But he said, and I'll never forget it. I am your friend, but I'm more than just a friend. I'm also your father. And that kind of joking doesn't work with son to a dad. In other words, this relationship requires something a little bit different. There's a level of honor, of respect right that is due that is whether whether it earned or not it's required and it's given and he was teaching me this by virtue of simply him being my father that relationship was a little bit different in fact a lot different than the other relationships in my life and that meant that i needed to honor it and when we talk about how we honor mothers and fathers I don't know that there's a better way to say it. I don't know that there's a better thing to do than to honor your mother and your father by what comes out of your mouth. The words that come out of your mouth, how you speak of them, it speaks of honor, the way you treat them. But really specifically in this moment, there's nothing like a child Even if you're 42, right? it's so easy for the words that are coming out of your mouth to your mother, to your father, or as you're speaking about them, to be dishonoring. Because nobody can frustrate you faster than your mom or your dad. And yet they're your mom or your dad. And you're called to honor them. And how do you do it? With the words that come out of your mouth. Let them be words that bless, words that respect, words that honor and dignify who they are as God's divine placement in your life. Secondly, um, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of what? Double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Now isn't this an awkward moment? <laughs> As the one who does much of the teaching in our church and preaching in our church, here I am and it could very easily feel like I'm standing up here and, and, and like I'm saying, honor me, right? And you need to hear my heart. that's that isn't my heart at all. And yet we do need a culture. We need to recapture a culture that honors those who are laboring on your behalf, that you would have a deeper, richer, more full life in Jesus. Now, we have people who function as elders, and and we need to recognize them formally as such, but anybody who's handling, you know, a microphone that has been vetted and is teaching this word, right, that's preaching on a regular basis, well, there's an honor that is is due those who are laboring like that on your behalf, and similar to fathers and mothers, right, there's a divine placement and a calling upon pastors and those particular leaders. And what I'm saying right now, you can apply to other leaders in your life, but I'm getting very specific with pastors in this moment. Um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 through 9. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Remember your leaders and imitate their faith. The people who spoke God's word to you, how do you honor them? Well, you you honor them by imitating their life, right? They're worthy of, of double honor. They're worthy of respect. They're worthy of being treated differently. They aren't just a friend. It's more than that. Some of us have grown up in churches that are watching. And this extreme has been pushed so far to one side or the other. In one breath, there's the man of God. And that person can never be questioned, challenged. Uh, They can never be wrong. They're simply the pastor and the divinely appointed Man or woman of God, and no challenge can ever come to them, and they demand blind loyalty. And if you don't give it, you are in rebellion. Well, guess what? That's wrong, and that's weird. Also, that's not honor. That is a few good men type movie scenario, right? Where 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 honor has become this militant, strange thing. But on the other side, we've also reduced you know the, the pastoral office as if it's just somebody who's dishing out good advice to you. And and so the pastor or the leaders in a church are just good pals, right? They're just they're they're my bros, they're 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 who I hang out with, and and you know, I hear what they have to say, but because we're so familiar and because they're my friends. I kind of hear what they have to say now, and I reduce it as something that I need to imitate and something something that I need to follow. I reduce it as just kind of good optional advice. I remember somebody, uh, not even too long ago, right? We we, you know we're similar to the first story, right? There's joking that was taking place, and the joking just. wasn't exactly the most uh, appropriate kind of joking and I wasn't laughing about it I wasn't mad but they could see that 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 there was something had shifted (laughs) and it it it, it went into a great conversation and once again what does it does it look like to honor those who've been divinely placed in your life well Am I a friend? Are the other elders or teachers you know, uh, in your church are they friends? Well, I hope they are. I hope they can be counted as a friend. But they're more than that. And that has to be remembered. Before I am someone's friend, I am called to actually be their pastor. And that goes for anybody that's watching, whatever, if you're not a part of this church or in my church, you're in, maybe you're in a church and that same advice goes to you and for you there. Your pastor is first and foremost a pastor because God has called them to be that in your life. And so the word of God, it says this in verse, uh, in chapter 13 of Hebrews, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden for that would be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. This is a a unique conversation. Even the very first verse that I read, you know, Paul is, he's writing to to a lot of churches in these moments. And, I, and I'm dancing a little bit in terms of we're in first we're in Timothy. Prior to that, we came out of Exodus. Um, I just read from Hebrews. And in just a minute, I'm going to read from Romans. And yet there's a consistent theme that's taking place. And that's honor. Honor your parents. Honor your pastors, the leaders in your life. And in chapter uh, 5 of verse 17 in Timothy, we kind of do this a little bit sometimes with our pastors, is that the elders who direct the affairs of the church well. And so we, we look and camp out on that word well, and we're like, well, if they're doing a good job, well, then I'll honor them. Or you know, or, or we have this just chummy relationship, and, and we just don't do it in any way, shape, or form. We don't treat them as people that have a different kind of value in your life. It doesn't make that relationship better, it's simply different and one that requires honor or should be. And it's not about whether or not you think the preaching is good or dynamic and if it's good enough well then honor will be bestowed it's not about whether or not the banners are put in the right place at the church or whether you like the mission vision and values and or whether we're executing this thing, you know, three-point plan on something down the street. That isn't what we're talking about. The word well in 1 Timothy is about whether their life is blameless and the manner in which they lead the church is done so in a way that is upstanding and godly and God-honoring. And if that is in fact the case, then they are worthy of your honor. To honor them. And how do you do it? By submitting to their authority? (laughs) Goodness gracious, we don't like any of these words, do we? Authority, submission, honor. Like what's going on around here? So to just break it down. What makes an amazing relationship and one that's honoring to pastors and leaders is that when a pastor is teaching and giving their life that you would know the word Understand the word and live it. The The exhortation to us that's honoring to a pastor is that you would do it. In other words, respond to their teaching and do what they're teaching you to do. Do what they're asking of you to do. Don't hyper-spiritualize it. But also don't reduce it to advice. If you are in a church, if you're in my church, or if you're watching and you're in any other church for that matter, and your pastor is teaching and preaching, well, don't discount what they say. Do it. As someone who has has been divinely placed in your life as a pastor, as someone who is going to give an account for your spiritual condition, stop ignoring what they have to say and do it. If they're calling you to step out and and to pray, right? Then begin to pray. Set an alarm clock on your phone and begin to condition yourself to do it. If if you need to repent of sin and they're preaching on sin and that's you, well, don't just ignore it. Repent of that sin. Literally, do what they're telling you to do. If you're in if you're in marriage counseling with them and you're sitting with a spouse and they're giving you advice on how to have a healthier marriage, don't discount what they're saying. Do it. If you're like, well, I can't trust what my pastor has. Well, if that's the case, you need to find a church where you can trust the advice and counsel of your pastor. You should be able to do that and to imitate their way of life because that is honoring. In, in, In other words, how do you honor your pastors? By being humble. And doing what they're asking you to do because their motivation is that you would have a deeper, greater relationship with Christ and that we would be fruitful in our churches and in our communities. That's the hope. Romans chapter 12 says this as we transition into our last point here is that don't just pretend to love other people. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring each other. The NIV, or the ESV, excuse me, version says, outdo one another in showing honor. In in other words, like if you're gonna compete with something, compete here. Try to outdo each other in how you love and honor each other. So we've got honor to, to, uh, to parents, honor to pastors, and now honor to peers. How do we honor one another? Jesus literally honors children, right? I mean, he, he shows the value of the people around him on a regular basis. Children were not even peers. They were beneath, right? They had, they had no rights, no value, and yet Jesus... What does he say as the children are being brought to him and the disciples are trying to shoo them away? He says, man, let the kids come. Let the kids come and he prays for them and he blesses them. He shows value to the everyday person that's being around him. He, he, he shows value to Matthew, the tax collector who was despised and who would have been rejected. He shows value to the leper, right? The unclean. He shows value to those who are caught in adultery and, and he, he restores value. He shows honor to them he honors women in this particular culture by letting them sit at his feet with the other men and be learners and and students at the feet of their rabbi everywhere we go we see jesus bestowing honor upon the people that he is around i think we can do the same God in the flesh demonstrates what it looks like to honor in all of these relationships. When we look at our peers and we look at people that were around and the people that you sit next to at church and the people that you work with and that you're on Zoom calls with and that, you know, that you're running into in the neighborhood or at the grocery store, what does it look like? to honor them. Now, we don't get some of the the finer details of that in the scriptures. But we see the the level of love and kindness that Jesus demonstrates. And so it's up to us to now say, okay, in 2022, in our context, what does it look like for us to honor and love each other? We have already mentioned, right, we honor our parents with our words. We honor our pastors in humility. And we honor our peers in the little things, the everyday things, the normative things. I asked a few people about this, like, how do you honor, what does it look like to honor your peers? Well, it looks like speaking well of that person when they're not around. But you know what else is honoring speaking well of your peers in front of other peers bragging on people honoring them demonstrating and showing your love and value of them that's why the first question at the beginning was do people feel valued when they've been around you do they feel special do they feel right like that there's this person loves me they care for me they honor me The little things, speaking well of, of the people that you're around, treating them with dignity, treating them with respect. Here's, here are just two ways that you can honor your peers. And it seems really simple, but I'm telling you, it is the lost art of, learn, of honoring your peers, looking each other in the eyes when you speak to them. It's amazing how many people cannot do that very well and I'm not going to go so far as to say it's dishonoring, but when you when you value someone and you respect that person, you look them in the eyes. You treat them as someone worthy, right, of being looked at. The other thing, and I admit, I, I, I don't have it with me, but I'm guilty of this, and I'm growing in this because it's become a bad habit for me, and that's the... Similar to the first part, when in honoring my peers and honoring friends and the people around me, you know what I need to do? I need to put my phone away. I need to put my phone in my back pocket or on the table and leave it there and engage in, a, in an undistracted conversation with the person who is speaking with me because they're worth it, because they're worthy of. Something as simple as the little things of honoring each other. Responding to a text message when someone texts you. Not ignoring it. Right? You honor each other. You call the person back. You do the, you do the hard work that's not actually hard work. Simple things that, that denote honor to each other. It's the little things and it's amazing when we produce a culture that that where where we look to bestow honor more than get honor it's amazing what it does in the life of a church and in the life of the community when people who aren't used to faith come and they see that and they experience that and drink that it's so contrary contrary and contrary to what people are normatively experiencing that it is Contagious. What would the world look like if our efforts were spent trying to give honor rather than trying to get it? If you would give your time and energy to, to deeming others as those who have value, it, wouldn't it be amazing if you saw people the way God saw them and treated them the way that God loves and treats them? If we would do that, do you think that, that this message of Christianity, the hope of the gospel might be a little bit more contagious and a little bit more, ooh, desirous of those who are curious. I think so. Not only that, you walk away energized. You walk away motivated. You walk away and you are uh, literally, you're built up, you're inspired and you're ready to go. That's what honor does. So let's become and be an honoring people. Father, thank you for this time. We thank you that you demonstrate through Jesus by sending your son. The ultimate act of honor is that you you deemed us valuable enough to send your son. And that is honoring to us. It's humbling. God, we see the way, Jesus, you treat disciples, the way you treat your enemies, the way you treat those who who have sinned against you, the way that you treat those who betray you. Jesus, you are honoring in every situation, and every scenario, oh, that we can be like you, Father, that we can be like your son, Jesus, that out of our words, we can honor the people that you have placed in our life, our peers, our pastors, and yes, even our parents, Lord. Let us be a people that honor and honor well. It's in your son's name we pray, amen.